0: Love Talk Radio Welcome to Last First Date Radio featuring interviews with experts in dating, relating and mating in midlife and now here's your host Sandy
1: Weiner Hello everybody this is Sandy I am the founder and chief love officer at lastfirstdate.com and I want to thank you for joining us here at Last First Date Radio today. This is a show about achieving healthy, off-the-charts love in the second half of life. And if you're single, it's a great show. If you're in a relationship, it's a great show. I have a lot of married couples who listen and people who have never been married who listen. So there's something here for everybody who wants to improve their relationships and Specifically for you today, we have a relationship coach. His name is Ken Bechtel, and he's going to talk about how to get men to do their part in relationships. I don't know about you, but if you're a woman, this is a really resonant topic. Um, I definitely have felt in the past that I was the only one doing the work. Um, so we're going to find out a lot of great stuff from our special guest today, Ken Bechtel, and. As a dating coach for women over 40, I specialize in helping those women date as the high-value women that they are in every other part of their lives. Women are often really successful at work and they are terrific friends and you know really devoted to their family, to their to their parents, to their siblings, but when it comes to romantic relationships, they often give up their value. And they're willing to settle for crumbs of attention for um, you know, men who don't treat them well. And it's one of my passions to help women recognize um, the red flags that men show up with um, so that they can make healthy decisions early on. Uh, I wanted to point you to my website where you can grab a free copy of a guide that I created Um, It's called, The Top Three Mistakes that Midlife Daters Make and How to Turn Them Around so You Can Find Lasting Love. I find that um, in the work that I have done in the last eight years as a coach, I have found that people make similar mistakes over and over again, and it's, um, it's very hard to see the mistakes that we make because we're so close to the problem. And so, what I did was outline the, the ones that I see happening the most often. And I've given you actionable steps so that you can turn them around and, and really attract the healthy, loving relationship that you yearn for. So, if you would like a copy, go to lastfirstdate.com and you can sign up on my home page. You'll also receive my weekly newsletter with a link to these radio shows every week. So you'll get a preview as to who's going to be on the show and links to my articles on the Good Men Project and whatever else is going on in my business so that you can um, stay connected, which would be fantastic. Also, if you're a woman over 40, I'd like to invite you to my Facebook group, which is called Your Last First Date. It's a place where women go to get support and to get positive feedback on their dating experiences. It's totally free, and it's a really warm, safe community. So if you want dating support and relationship support, come to Your Last First Date on Facebook. I want to give a shout-out to our sponsor, Audible, and Audible has a trial, um for you you get a free month and your choice of one free audiobook for the first month of Audible. Audible is a fantastic resource if you're on the go, if you like to read but you don't always have time to sit down. What better way to read than to listen to a book on tape? And Audible has like 200,000 titles that you can choose from, pretty much everything. Um all the books that I love are on Audible. So you can grab a copy of your free Audible book and a free trial for one month by going to audibletrial.com forward slash last first date. That's audibletrial.com forward slash last first date. And now, the moment you've been waiting for, I'm going to introduce you to our special guest. Ken Bechtel is the host of Speaking of Partnership. It's a podcast that I had the honor of being on, and he is a fantastic host. For over 15 years, he has shared his insights and amusement as a speaker and educator to help women and men understand and appreciate one another so they can develop deep connections and healthy, lifelong relationships, kind of like what I like to do. And Ken and I have partnered on a few projects together. He was also uh, in a Blab, which is a live stream video with me um, talking about communication skills between men and women. So it's my pleasure to introduce you to Ken Bechtel. Hey, Ken.
0: Hey, Sandy. How are you?
1: I'm great. I'm great. How are you doing today?
0: I'm doing fantastic.
1: Oh, good. So let's talk about this fantastic topic that we have here how can a woman get a man to want to change and a lot of a lot of women well so let's before we talk about that um you know there's this old saying that men come to relationships and hope that a woman will never change and women go into relationships hoping that a man will change so um, you can't get someone to change if they don't want to change. So how how can a woman get a man to want to change when there's an issue in their relationship?
0: Well, it, it's really, I'm so glad we started with this because part of what gets a man to change is to know he's okay where he is. And what mm-hmm. I mean by that, I call it being complete in the moment. So if a man real is is Received and appreciated for you did the best you could with the information you had right here, right now. Now he can move forward. If he doesn't have that, if it's just like, why don't you ever do this? Or why don't you ever do that? He's going to be stuck feeling like he's got to figure out how to get that right before he can move forward. But if you're not Mm -hmm. offering anything to help him move forward or get that right, He's back to guessing. And the thing I always remind people is, and this goes for men and women both, and I've never had a man argue with this whatsoever, and that is if you make a man guess, everybody loses.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Because men are the world's worst guessers. And we prove this to you every single day. Think about your day. There's been something that a man did that you're like, how did he not know what to do? Why didn't he just do this? Because he can't guess. He, we're horrible, horrible, horrible guessers. <laughs> so you're better off actually going, hey, that was, I loved going to dinner tonight. That was so fun. It was so great to have one-on-one time without the kids. And I'd love to go to go dancing sometime, too. That's a very different thing than just saying, why don't we ever go dancing? Mm-hmm. Because what happened, and I've watched this happen in classes that I've led where when we play with that and, and like, a couple will be there and the woman will say, you know, well, I said, said this to him. I said, how come we didn't go dancing and he physically will, like, collapse. His shoulders drop down. His head gets lower. And it doesn't just affect him. It affects every single man in the room. But when we switched it, and in this case, the woman said, hey, it was really great having dinner. I, I'm so glad we got a chance to do that. And, you know, I'd love to go dancing sometime, too. Every guy sat up straighter and was like, that works. I'm taking you dancing. Uh-huh. So the difference is actually starting with appreciation. Now, here's the key. It's got to be sincere. If you're just saying it to manipulate the situation, he'll know right away. So maybe all you can come up with was it was nice spending time with you because you hated the restaurant, the food wasn't good, whatever else happened. That's okay. Pick the part that's genuine. And he will have actually... It's almost like the best way I can explain it is appreciation for a man is the fuel that actually gets him to take action. Mm-hmm. So if you want him to change, you've got to appreciate him where he is first.
1: I love that, yeah. it's. Um, I like to use the appreciation sandwich where you appreciate before and after. Um, mm. I think we forget to appreciate. And a lot of times people are so nervous about asking for what they want that they will go right to it and be really blunt and um, and forget about all the niceties and the way to make somebody really feel good. And, you know, I think uh, um, it, so much of what you said resonates for me. I mean, the fact that men are bad guessers, and we're all bad guessers, actually, but women women might have intuition and, and be a little better maybe. I don't know. But... Don't rely on people to read your mind. Um, be really direct and be kind. Um, you know, I think when you start with criticism, which is is like an erosion, a way to a quick way to erode your relationship, um, you know, then you're just going to end up in a terrible place. So starting with what works and then going to what you want in addition to that or maybe in exchange of that um, is a much better way to approach.
0: Yeah. And, and let me add something real quick, if you don't mind, because this actually mm-hmm. came up for myself and my lady Lavana just yesterday. And the situation was one where I was not feeling appreciated. So I was in my head trying to find out, okay, here's how I want to present this to her that, you know, I know you're, offering this with the best intentions, and I appreciate that. Here's what will work better for me going forward. Even though I know all this, I teach all this, and I had thought this through in my head, in the moment, because of whatever reasons, whatever happened in the way the conversation started, I just said the criticism. All I said was, oh, well, you know, that doesn't work for me, and I feel really criticized, and so on and so forth. And, of course, that didn't work for her either. Because this isn't, Uh you know, just gender specific. Everybody wants to be appreciated. But Mm -hmm. it takes practice. And you're going to hit those bumps. I mean, hello, I've been doing this for ages and this is something I teach. And I still did the exact opposite of what I needed to do Uh to make that a good situation. And we had a blow up and then we solved it and what have you. But it's going to happen. So give yourself permission to just take baby steps and go, oh, okay, think appreciation first and start with that. And it comes out different and it comes out clumsy sometimes. That's okay. You're still getting there. The thing about appreciation, and this is something that that I know a lot of women have told me they struggle with, is, well, how do I do that really well? Any appreciation is perfect. There isn't a format. There isn't the right words. Just appreciate them. It can mm-hmm. be as simple as thanks. <laughs> that has the same yeah, power even, as some very flowery, I came up with all these great words. It doesn't matter. It's the appreciation, the energy of that appreciation is what makes the difference.
1: Yeah, and even appreciating somebody's time, the fact that they sat with you and listened, um, that they were open to a conversation, those are all things to be appreciated. And, I think when you do the flowery thing and you start with that, a lot of people don't trust it. They're like, okay, what, what, what are you trying to say to me that's going to really hurt? Because yeah, I just want you to get to that. And actually, that's something that sometimes comes up with people who are not great communicators. Um, I know somebody who has a daughter who is um, very self-centered. And she can say things and do things that feel really hurtful to her mother. And so, when her mother wants to talk to her about it, she'll start with appreciation, and the daughter's like, "Okay, just get to the point." So, what, what would you say in a in a situation like that,
0: where there you mean the person that you're trying to appreciate to is being abrupt?
1: Well, she's, she's appreciating her first in this kind of formula where she wants to ask her to do something different next time, um, you know, and, and change a behavior, um, a behavior that's hurtful. So she wants to talk to her about it. So she starts with appreciation, and then she's going to get to the point. And her daughter's like, look, I can see right through it. What do you want to say to me? Just get to it.
0: Yeah. And that's, that's so, probably exactly what's happening is the daughter's realizing that's not genuine appreciation. She's been, you know, guided that this is this is a formula I need to follow or she won't hear anything, so I'll make up something. And the daughter's like, you don't like that about what I do. So I know you're really just trying to, you know, kind of couch your criticism of me or your request of me. So just get to the point. It's got to mm-hmm. be genuine. If, and like I said, it doesn't matter if it's the tiniest thing. If it's real, it has the same power. hmm
1: so, it can even be as just to say as, hey, thanks, thanks for coming thanks home for today. Thanks for
0: your time. Right. Yeah. Thanks for, you know, not necessarily something just like just being.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: That, that if it's genuine, will create that space where they can now hear what's next or what's more that you would like. If it's not genuine and you're just doing because it it's formulaic, that, that's the kind of response you're going to get. It's a great example.
1: Yeah. Yeah, no, and it's a good point that the the appreciation can be really, really simple. Um, so this, these are great tips. Um, so let's talk about um, the, the number one barrier to having men work on themselves.
0: This is good. I, 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 I love this question. And the reason I love this is in virtually every class I've ever taught over the last 15 years, um, and I teach a lot of classes that are mostly women, but even if it's a co-ed class, there'll be some woman in the group, they'll be like, well, how come we have to change? Why is it all on us? And that's our topic, right? Why is it, what, when are the guys going to do their part? And one of the biggest challenges with that is, and both genders do this, but we're talking to women, so oftentimes you as women are looking for them to change or work on themselves the way you do, so if they're not doing what you do, they're not doing anything. That's the, the, you know, extrapolation that happens when the reality is they just work differently. So it's, it's like a very basic thing of if you're observing the men in your life as are they acting like a perfect woman would? Well, then, of course not, because one, they don't even have a clue what a perfect woman would do. And two, they're never going to choose that because they're not wired that way. So first thing is you've got to be open to the possibility that the way they work on themselves looks different than you. Or else they're doing it and you don't see it, then you're dismissing it or even saying, how come you never do anything? Which, again, there's no appreciation there. So he's going, well, I guess this doesn't matter. I will stop doing whatever I've been doing. And you're actually creating the opposite effect. So... What's best to remember is we're going to operate differently, and there's lots of pieces to this. I mean, men are single-focused. Men are results-oriented. There's very different things. And, and actually, the results-oriented is a big thing because the masculine is looking for results. That's what makes us feel safe, feel productive, feel um, like we've, we've contributed. The feminine is looking for connection to feel safe. So oftentimes what happens is because the guy's not in the group, even if he went to an event, if he isn't raising his hand and contributing, i.e. connecting, then he's not doing anything. Because the women in the room are going, well, he's not connected to us. He's not, he, he doesn't know you need that, and he doesn't need it. So he's not doing it for himself, nor does he even know he needs to contribute that because that's required for you. It took me years to learn that, how mm-hmm. incredibly huge the driver of connection is for the feminine. So when you can recognize they're not going to look like you, so criticizing them or asking them to be this or do this the way I do, it's not going to take them anywhere because that's just not, it's not even going to be how they work on themselves. Very rare that you'll see a guy do with the same things. And it's one of the things I see with a lot of uh, uh, offerings that people have for having events or having workshops. And we've all seen where a lot of people have, oh, there'll be this Facebook community and you can stay in touch and so on. And I had a couple friends of mine asking me that that do this work, and they were going to do something for men. They're like, so here's what I'm offering in this Facebook community, and there'll be this follow-up. And I'm like, you won't have any guys on it. And they're like, what do you mean? That's like the favorite part. I'm like, not for men. Mm -hmm. We don't have that need for that community connection. Keep going. Keep tying it up. We're just like, why would I bother with that? I'm done with the class. (laughs) And so it it had no value to them, even though this woman was offering it, thinking this is the most valuable thing we could possibly put out there because the women love this, and this is like a big, big hit. And it's like, trust me, you won't have any guys on it, and then you'll think you did something wrong. It's just we don't don't have that need. So when you can recognize that the men aren't going to act like you, they're not going to approach working on themselves the same way as you, and let them have the space for that, And you're probably going to need to ask them, how do you like to do this? What would work for you? They could be like, I just need to read a book. I don't need to go to some workshop. Now, that doesn't mean they wouldn't go to support you. But when you're there, don't expect them to have the same experience you do. And I've talked to many, many couples where they went to their first retreat together or some kind of workshop or training together. And when they got done, she was mad because he didn't have the kind of breakthrough she did. Mm Uh-huh. Why didn't you get emotional? Why didn't you do this? Why didn't you talk to the group? And he's like, I'm doing it the way I do it. And instead, she had such an expectation, she thought he just didn't do what he said he was going to do, and she's mad. So you've got to recognize that your partner is not you. And it's going to take some, some communication to find out what does work for them. What's the timing? What's the space? What's the format they like to use? And if it's not yours, that doesn't mean you need to do it that way. That means you each have your own way and just know that they're actually doing something. It just isn't the way you do.
1: Such an important point. And I think it's true not just of men and women and people in relationships with romantic relationships, but with everyone. That We tend to look at everyone through our lens and think that somebody's wrong for not doing things the way we do. And I think this is like if people can work on this one thing, it's huge. And I had somebody in my Facebook group the other day who was not sure how a man felt about her because he wasn't basically performing in the way that she would. And everything she shared about their relationship so far sounded fantastic. It sounded like he was really paying attention, that he was escalating the relationship. He was showing her all kinds of affection and attention. And and she didn't think he was flirty enough, and so I pointed her to the five love languages, which she had never heard yes. of, and she was like, "Oh, now I get it." Um, so it it's just as simple as that sometimes, where you you know you know that what you need to hear is "I love you," and what a guy may need to to have in a relationship is a lot of you know affectionate touch. And he doesn't say, I love you so quickly or easily. It's not his thing. Um, It doesn't mean he doesn't love you. So it's just so important to know this, that we we have to really understand how we each operate. And I actually have clients create an operating manual that they don't give to the man, but they do it for themselves so they know how they operate, so that they can say, this works best for me. You know, I really I'm a morning person. How about you? Um, I like to get eight hours sleep. What about you? Like all those things are really important in a relationship. You don't just assume because I need five hours. You're going to need five hours too. Um, so, yeah, we need, to, we need to understand each other. Um, okay, so what's the biggest mistake that women make that's keeping the men in their lives from seeking relationship guidance?
0: Complaining. And the reason I say that is, this is, again, we just operate differently. And the reason women feel like complaining that a man should get him to take action is because it gets them to take action. If somebody complains at you, you'll do something about it. You may resent it, but you'll respond to that complaint. You have absolutely no protection against complaining. It hits you immediately, it goes straight to your action center, and you take action on it in some way, shape, or form. Here's what you don't understand about men. Men actually have four layers of protection against complaints. And that's why, for a lot of women, they're like, I've been telling him and telling him, and really what that's code for is I've been complaining at him for years, and he doesn't do anything about it. And they feel like they're beating their head against a wall. Well, he's got four layers of protection. You think he should respond instantly because you would. He doesn't. It has to go through all these criteria that are actually going to make a huge difference in does he act on them. Now, if it gets through all four of those, he will take action right away. But there's four different layers. And it's, it's something I, I don't think we have time for today, unfortunately. But this, if you're complaining, you're going to get a dead end. Nine times out of ten. And you've probably experienced Mm -hmm. this. So what you want to do is actually, if you shift that, and, and part of this, again, it comes back to how we're motivated. The feminine is externally motivated. All the things around you motivate you. So whether it's, oh, it's cold in here. I'm going to adjust that. How's everybody doing? Do you have this? You don't see guys asking how everybody's doing because we're not motivated by that environment we're in. It's not the same thing. We're internally motivated. And what that means is it has to meet the criteria that make us go, okay, now it's time to take action. It's the right time, it's the right space in my life, there's the, the right resources available, there's all these different things. So complaints are not from the inside. So they're not gonna motivate him to take action. It's really about understanding that. And again, it's much more involved than we can get into on today's show, but. Having that knowledge that, okay, if I complain at him, it's really going to cause distance. That's the only thing complaining does to a man. And you've all experienced it. I don't know. He just seems to go away. Yeah, so why are we still doing it? You're doing it because to you that's the best thing to get somebody to take action. So, Mm -hmm. of course, that's what you're going to try. So it makes total sense that you're doing it. But it comes back to what we talked about initially, which is if you appreciate them instead – that gives them the fuel that energizes them to do their part, to take action, to do something. If you just go, why aren't you doing this? I need you to do that or that. It's a complaint. And it's funny because I've had so many uh, women clients that have said, I'm so good at, you know, communicating with my guy, really let him know what I'm I'm looking for and so on and so forth, and they'll give me examples. And it's really just code for, I'm a really good complainer.
1: Mm Mm-hmm.
0: And it's not, again, vindictive. It's because that's what moves you. So, of course, it's going to move them. No, they're not a woman. It, we don't have that same wiring. And so you, you have to recognize that I can't complain at him and get him to move. It will actually shut him down. If instead yeah. I say, you know what, I really appreciate, again, whatever's genuine, and then let him know what else would be helpful. Because what you're doing when you're doing that is, one, you're letting him know you did the best you could in this moment with what you had available. You were complete in that moment. I appreciate that. Now I'm going to set you up to win the next moment because I'm going to tell you what would make it win then, i.e., you just gave him more information so he can be complete in that moment. I'd love to go dancing. I wish you would, you know, mow the lawn on Saturday instead of Sunday, whatever it is. And what it does is it shifts that. So now he has the space to step forward and step into the next iteration of himself and be complete in that moment. So it's it's actually finding that space to go, okay, it all comes back to appreciation. This isn't difficult. It's just not natural because of how you react. So it's taking that time to go, okay, he's not a woman. I complain, it's going to cause distance. What do I appreciate about this situation? That's and then great. you let him know. Mm-hmm.
1: So you said something here um, about setting a guy up to win, and mm-hmm. we haven't really talked much about that, but can you elaborate a little bit more in the last minute sure. or so that we have?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, so setting a man up to win, is, it, it comes back to the fact that he's not going to be able to guess. And there's a lot of energy and attachment to the idea of, oh, it's so romantic, it's so wonderful if he guesses what I want or he, he just intuits what I want. The reality is that's not likely to happen. But because we're so attached to that being like, oh, I want that to be the case, if he accidentally guesses, let's say the one time in 100 happens and he guesses right, your mind's going to tell you, see, I knew he knew how to do this. He's just been holding out on me. So now it reinforces the idea that he can read my mind. And now you start feeding that cycle again, as opposed to going, I need to let him know. Because if I tell him what I need and what it provides for me, he's now going to know exactly what it is. And guess what? He knows he's a bad guesser. This isn't a secret to us. We know we're horrible guessers. So if you tell him exactly what would be the greatest thing, like, I would love to go see this specific movie on Thursday at 7. Chances are he's not taking you to a different movie on Saturday at noon because you just set him up to win. You gave him exactly what you need. So when you do that, everybody wins. You give him what you want, he doesn't have to guess, and the action takes place. When you don't, he guesses, he's wrong, you're disappointed, and everyone loses. So it's, you gotta let go of that belief that it's, oh it's just so wonderful. He can, he's gonna learn your tendencies, he's gonna learn more about you and be able to apply those but he's not going to get stuff out of thin air. And I talk to so many guys that are like, that's the biggest thing that undermines a relationship is your belief that I'm going to be able to read your mind and then be disappointed when I can't.
1: Yep. Yeah. And I love how that one, one time in a million when he does and you think, Oh, see, you've been holding out on me. You knew all along. Um, not true. And so we really, really have <laughs> to take away these fantastic tips about appreciation and setting up a man to win and knowing how to how to talk so that we'll both listen to each other and really connect more deeply in our relationships. Um, really great advice. It's it, To me, this is like one of my favorite subjects, and I could listen to this all day long. So thank you, Ken. So much for coming on the show today, and um, tell our audience how they can find you.
0: Yeah, thank you, Sandy. And, and one last thing I want to say is, ladies, please understand, I'm not saying this is your fault. These are simple causes and effects. When you complain at a man, it causes distance. It's not your fault. It's just the way it works. So the more you can learn about how things work, then you can create the effect that you want, because you're doing the causes that create those effects. So please understand, I'm not blaming anyone, this is not your fault, it's not anyone's fault, it's cause and effect. So how yes. you can reach me, the best thing I can recommend is our podcast, uh, Speaking of Partnership. Just go to speakingofpartnership.com. Uh, it's an amazing show, five days a week, I'm interviewing all kinds of experts on you know, their experiences in partnership. And we're not talking about their theories about partnership. I actually ask them to tell their personal stories. Where did they screw up? What did they do wrong? What did they learn from that? What's things that have worked? all those kinds of things i just literally got off the phone with dr bernie siegel two minutes before i got on this i mean it's it's that level of people and it's just amazing what they're able to share with you in a story context where you can actually go holy cow i've done that oh wow and he did that that's incredible wow i can apply this so for me it just it's so exciting and if you go there you can click on any of the people including sandy amazing amazing information that she shared and then you can subscribe so you get all these sent to you so it's really easy it's totally free and that's the best place to connect
1: awesome well i love this interview i love being interviewed by you and i look forward to more connections um so thank you so much and thank you everyone for joining us today and i hope you go on your last first date very soon have a great day